Hello. Good evening. Welcome to another edition, another another drive-by edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast. Glad to have you with us, as always. Uh, it'll be another gentleman's agreement edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast. As uh, on my that person signed heavily that joins us from Southern California. Joel Aceves joins as a Chivas fan Joel Aceves, how are you, sir? Doing good, doing good. It's it's season is looking very good for Chivas. Very positive start and um you know, change in fortunes seems to be at hand. How long do you think, Hoy, that these fortunes will be uh, will be tipped in favor of the Chivas of the of the Rebaño Sagrado? I was going to say, well, how would you what would you describe Chivas? There's only one way to describe Chivas: the Rebaño Sagrado. Exactly. El, el rebaño. <laughs> the sacred herd. Um, but no, uh, you know. The team is not that strong. Um, a few injuries, suspensions, and, and they're going to suffer. Uh, but because because uh, Liga MX has Liguilla, you don't have to be top four. You could you could go in through that coveted eighth eighth seed. So and and I think Chivas is is uh, you know strong enough to at least. Uh, sneak well, in know, through there. Normally, Joel, I would poo-poo the eighth seed. But Pumas <laughs> won their bicampeonato being the eighth seed. Yeah. Uh, when, when Veracruz was, uh, believe it or not, Veracruz of all teams was the number one seed and Pumas was able to knock them out. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, a couple of key <laughs> goals took care, of, took care of Monterrey in the, uh, in the final. So, yeah. yes, well, the eighth I, seed has, 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 has a, has a yeah, as, and, as, as good a chance as anybody else. Yeah, and and you know the other other the other Guadalajara team is also doing good. Um, nah, which hang on, is hang on, hang on. So you're you're telling me, Joel, that Guadalajara and Atlas won on the same weekend, probably for the first time in, in at least ten or twelve years. It yeah. Doesn't yeah, it's a for yeah first time in a long time both Guadalajara based team uh, won. And uh, the Zorros just beat your Pumas in Copa MX action in Seoul 1-0. Uh, so I mean, looks like Atlas, you know, because we, yeah, we were, we were like everyone else, laughing at them. <laughs> well, well, I sure. mean, you know, uh, because of uh, Rafa Marquez commentary about where we're the fourth, we're the fourth best from the bottom up. Uh, with presupuesto, with, with, uh, you know, money to build a squad. So yeah, they, they, they probably had to moneyball it. <clears throat> you know, be pretty smart with who they bring in. And, uh, who knows? But, but you know, you know, your own Liga makes, it could be deceiving. <laughs> you know, the first four or five fetchas can be deceiving. Uh, I don't know well, if I mean, you remember. Atlas, uh... 
Like you remember like I 10 left. years ago. Yeah, they started off 3 0. We're at nine points. They were in first place. Then they went another game for like 10 weeks. So, Damn. yes. <laughs> well, the closest one I remember was uh, Tijuana. Uh, they went, I think, half the season they went and they were undefeated at home. And they were top the table. And everyone was thinking they were candidates for the Liguilla. And then all of a sudden they crashed pretty hard. <clears throat> Ended up not even qualifying. Well, you know, Atlas is, is not a team to, to, to completely avoid taking advantage of situations. I remember on about 10 years ago, I think it was, uh, in the Copa Libertadores. And they went down to the Bombonera. This was in the, I think, either round of 16 or the quarterfinals. I forget. It was in the knockouts for sure. And they tied 2-2. So they had two away goals. And they were heading back to they were heading back to the Jalisco for the second leg. So all they had to do was, you know, essentially, you know, win 1-0 or, 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 or tie 1-1. And they were through. Not only were they through, but they were going to through. They were going through by beating Boca Juniors, which as we all know, is one of the more prestigious South American clubs, if not, you know, definitely in the in the top four or five. So what does Atlas do for the in the first ten minutes of the game, they're down three zero. So 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 Atlas is a team that just cannot handle any kind of success. So uh, despite the fact that both Chiefs and Atlas both won I fully expect Atlas to uh, do their uh, <laughs> return to normalcy relatively quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. that is Rafa Marquez project. That'll be pretty sad uh, to see. I know he really wants, he wants to make Atlas great again. Uh, and it's quite the task. Well, when, when were they ever great? 1950. 51. <laughs> 1951. Now, now when, when, when he was playing, before he went to Monaco, they came really close. Did they make a final, or, or did they, or did it come close? They, they make the final, and they went to penalty kicks. And I remember because um, after Marquez scored his penalty, he he grabbed his crotch. <laughs> I think As he was sending a message. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I forgot who he was sending the message to. Uh, but they lost to Toluca. I think it was Cardoso, who is now at Chivas. Full circle, full circle, yo. Circle of life, circle <laughs> yeah. of life. He exactly always right. go full circle here. Yeah, and Cardoso was a striker for Toluca at the time, and uh, yeah, and La Volpe, La Volpe was was the coach for for Atlas. He was a coach. Now, was that the was, Atlas? Was that the, was that the Borghetti, and Rafa, and Pavel Pardo? Was it was it was it that group, or had Borghetti already left? He had already yeah, left. I, no. Yeah, I think they had left. I think it's when they had uh, Osorno, and they had, uh, I think it was Cepeda. There was this one, what they call him, El Calusha, I think. It was this tragic, I don't know if you remember, uh, it was pretty tragic with the, it was this like, promising striker, and he was in a car crash, and he had his leg amputated. Was it the scoring leg? <laughs> Too soon. No, maybe not too soon. That was years ago. Uh, I don't know what you think, but that was, that was it, man. That was it for oh, his yeah. career. That is, that is such an Atlas story. Uh, you know, <laughs> just, uh, 
know, they finally get a guy, and then, yeah. So, you know, we, we make fun of Atlas a lot on the show. And, and, you know, I actually, believe it or not, I know an Atlas. I don't know if he wants me to tell people that he's an Atlas fan, but the, the play-by-play uh, Spanish voice of the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Mavericks, Victor Villalba is an Atlas fan, believe it or not. And uh, it is uh, a pretty remarkable story as to how he, because he didn't, he never lived in Guadalajara, and he only lived in Mexico. He only lived in Mexico for a short period, and it was when he was going to the uh, to the American school. If anybody that knows anything about Mexico City, the American school is kind of in the like southwest part of the city, over by the ABC Hospital on on uh, Observatorio, and he lived. You know most. The American school were gringos, obviously. They went, most of them lived uh, either in Polanco or Las Lomas. Well, he lived nowhere near that. So on his Saturday, his Saturday nights, instead of hanging, he was hanging out with Atlas because that was the thing on Saturday night. So that's how he ended up. Uh, by, uh, just geographical incompatibility with his friends. Victor Villalba became an Atlas fan because that was the team that was on. And if you remember, they were on at nine o'clock on Saturday nights forever. I'm not sure what time yes. they're on now, but that was that was the Atlas time. And so that was what yeah. he would watch. He would watch Atlas. Yeah, and if you got to see that team when with La Volpe, um, that was an exciting team to watch. I remember uh, one time I had. Uh, I was in college, and I went back to Mexico. We used to, well, as, as I'm sure you know, when I was very fresa when I was living in Mexico. We were going back to my grandmother's house who lived in Acapulco. So we were at the, at the Mexico City airport, and I was in the of, of, of a game, and I had to assume it was, it was close to the final because it was late the mid And it was an Atlas goal where the, the guy was a throw-in, where the guy does a thing where he puts the ball down, and then flips, and then, like, because he's like a trebuchet, you know, just just slings the ball, goes like 50 yards in, in, into the area, and they end up scoring a goal. I think, holy crap, Atlas has just won the championship. Of course, that wasn't the case. That wasn't, that wasn't what happened. But I thought, I thought has, hell, has hell really frozen over that Atlas is now winning championships in Mexico? Because at that time, I was, I was uh, not as attuned to uh, Mexican soccer as I am now. So obviously it wasn't the case. Atlas did not win the championship. But I was uh, very surprised to see, uh, just frankly, any kind of Atlas highlights on the TV. So, Because when I think of Atlas, I think of a team that is constantly battling the relegation battle. That's the yeah. Atlas I know of. <laughs> Chivas, what is going on? With Chivas, they had a, they got a big big win over 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 Tijuana, a solid win. You seem to think, and and and, and I think that you you have asked your your fellow Chivarmanos, the ones that went out on loan last season. You have recalled them. Yes, <laughs> it's it is it's it it time, time to come back. It is time to come back to the Rebaño. It lo- it looks like Chivas is is poised to have a. A pretty good season, you know, even 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 with or without the new refuerzos that appeared to all get injured in, in the game against uh, the one. Yeah, they, they were dropping like flies. Um, well, I, I think it's it's 
they were pretty smart with with how uh, you know with how they set up the team, and they knew they knew last season that that it was going to be difficult, and and but that they needed they needed to get a lot of the younger youth players. They needed to you know for a lot of them to develop or to get more playing time and see which ones are ready. Um, and they came six. They were six points short from Liguilla. Um, it was it was Querétaro that ended up qualifying. Uh, six points. That's just two games. Um, and and so so with with um, well let's let's look. With upcoming, so they had twenty points. They they, they in seventeen yeah. games. They were able to muster up twenty points. Yeah, and only they only won one game in at home. So they've already so, I mean, equaled their home yeah. win total yeah. from last they season. Did. That they did. That they did. But but if you look at the calendar, they're gonna have some accessible games uh, at home. So I mean, they could easily win. Uh, I would say four games at home. It's it's within the realm yeah. of possibilities to say. Oh, they they won well, four. Strike, strike up the ghosts of the Campionissimo. They're gonna win four games at home. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, are they going to bring back the Jamaican? Is is Chavarre is going to no, make an appearance? It's just the rivals, you know. It's it's the rivals you get. Uh, so they 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 were they're going to get some some good some good rivals. Um, I don't have the calendar with me. So, so who who are the rivals? And so they have they get the super classic at home. The Super Classic yeah. goes at home. And, yeah, and, and, and they get and they get uh, they get Monterrey at home. Yeah, but those those weren't the those aren't the accessible games. I'm talking about. Um, okay, hold on. Here it is. I have it now. Um, so they're gonna get um, Toluca, which I think they could draw. You know. Um, right. But that, that's that's not the teams that I was thinking of at home. Uh, it's going to be Tiburones, which I'm starting to have second thoughts playing it in in a bit because I forgot something very important about Tiburones. Uh, but Tiburones on paper it should be one of the accessible teams, and Atlas, which is the <laughs> The other one is they're doing good, and, uh, and these teams I didn't want to do good, but these are two home games that, um, and and then and then there's Lobos Buap, Puebla, and Leon. So I mean, out of those five games, if they win three and they already beat Tijuana, that would be four home wins. Uh, so that's why I st- I still. I still maintain they could get four minimum, uh, so, and then so, you so never they're, know. They have to home to the coveted twenty-six point threshold they need. Yes, to be yes, the sir. Of the league. Yeah, and then you never know. Just because how unpredictable the league is, uh, if they were to be a Monterrey or an America, it, it wouldn't be that far fetched, you know. Just because it's happened before, it's you know, league is. Well, it happened about every eight, about 
years ago. So you've got at least at least seven more years to wait <laughs> before the comet returns. Yeah. Well, well, Yona, I'm still, I still think 2020 is Chiwa's number. I have it at 2020. Could be Clausura. It could be Clausura Apertura, but I still think 2020. Um, I think this team is 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 uh, you know is. We're talking about Chiwa team that. Yeah, but they they won it not so long ago. <laughs> Chiwa like, did win the the league not so long ago, and 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 the and the and the um. Concacaf, so I mean, it's it's some of those players are still going to be there, um, but I, no, I do no, think. Does, does Chivas's big big does Chivas's big win over Tijuana does that erase the terrible performance they had at the Club World Cup? Oh, Where for sure, were... man. I I don't know what fans thought that Chivas was going into the Club's World Cup. Well, they thought they were going to win it. I mean, if you ask any Chivas fan, you know, yeah, I mean, Real Madrid was playing so bad they thought it was going to be a flan. They couldn't even get by the Kashima Antlers. Yeah, and and that was the other, you know, that the team that we, some of these teams we tend to, you know, just not not respect. Uh, no, no even respect. If we don't know much about them, but I I, I think I I think those expectations were were pretty. I, I just, I just think uh, a lot of the fans just get excited, and then they don't, they don't see the reality of things, and and how, just where the team is and, and where it's trying to be at. That just wasn't the moment. It's, so, so where, it where's was, the team right now? I, I think, I think because they were they were looking for changes and 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 doing cambios, and there was still some. Disgruntled, you could say, like disgruntled players that that just weren't happy with the changes. Uh, one of them was Edwin, who was sent to Pachuca, and and he badmouthed uh, Cardoso in in um, social media. You know, called him a pendejo on Instagram. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think Pachuca made him apologize, so he issued a public apology. But he was one of the guys that was like pissed. He was saying how he deserved to play Club's World Cup because um he helped the team get there, you know. And and for the club, you know, like just what Cardoso has to do is get to bring in new players, which is one of the reasons someone like Salcido needed to go. Can't can't keep he he was just holding back some of the younger talent that needed. Just need playing well, I mean, time. There, there's an opportunity. No that Salcido over overstayed as well. I think anybody yeah. see that? But you know, to, to, to uncere- unceremoniously just you know, you know, it's kind of like that scene and at the end of Amadeus when <laughs> when Wolfgang finally dies, right? And they just basically cover him in lie and throw him in an unmarked grave. He's a couple, and they just there was no, you know, there was no send off. There was no. Homenaje that was just, just like, he's not part of the team. He, and he probably had to find out from, you know, he probably got a text, oh, by the way, don't come to the training camp because you're not going to be on the team. You know, you know, players of this caliber, a player who, you know, played and played well in three World Cups, 
help help Chivas win some trophies. Was part of a, 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 a dazzling team back in the back in the aughts. So, you know, to me, as as close as you can get this century to an idolo for Chivas in, in Carlos Ancido, you know, at the, at the very least, you know, send out a message, you know, publicly thanking him for the service that he's provided for the club. You know, he's a he's a he's a chi, you know, he's a he's a by the West Colorado from 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 day one. And and, and and for Eindhoven, for Ein freaking Eindhoven, where he played for just a couple of years, to give him an homenaje and Chivas didn't. See, this is the kind of stuff, boy, that drives me crazy about Liga MX and their complete lack of understanding of public relations and uh, and, and and how that and how they manage the message of what it is that they're trying to do. You know, all they had to do with Carlos Salcido was 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 to thank him publicly, and you know, just, just you know, just 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 send out any kind of you know, war, you know, warmest regard. You know, thank you so much, you know, Capitan Carlos, for everything you've done for Chivas. Good luck in the next in the ne- in the next in la próxima etapa suya. Right, boom, done. You know, they can have a little press conference with him. You know, we talked it through. He's not part of our plan. You know, they can lie there, lie there out. You know, whatever it is. But 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 the, but the way they did it, it's like, I mean, seriously. And of course, Chivas fans the way he was terrible the last two years, so he deserves that. No, my man, come on. Yes, I I agree. I agree, John. I agree. I oh, completely oh. agree. Yeah, it's just it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Shame on Chivas for treating Carlos Salcido the way. <laughs> Salsa. But uh, I think, you know, just, just uh, Chivas was smart in what they did and, and they took the criticism that was just coming. Uh, they inherited some from Almeida. The Almeida fans, very apologetic. <laughs> but he, he played his part. In, in some of the mess that is the team, uh, not winning at home and two, two seasons without Liguilla. Um, but, but I think they were, they were smart in, in the players they brought in. Uh, Alexis Vega, Villalpando, and, Moises. Yeah, frankly, before his injury was. Oh, yes. He would have been a, you know, he would have been a starter in the World Cup as a defender. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Whether in 2014 or even 2018. Yeah, and, and, and you know, so, so what gives me confidence, there's going to be money coming in. Uh, so this summer, the, the country, the television renews for the U.S. So they might have a big, big uh, bonus right there. Um, you know, let's see, Telemundo or Fox might pony up. So right. Chivas and, and, might, and, and, might and, and, just... and the non-linear portion of it, you know, the online portion is much more attractive in the U.S. than it ever would ever ever, ever would be in Mexico. You know, there, there's a bunch of Chivas fans that would happily Chivas if that was the only way they could do it. As yeah. long as they partnered with like an Amazon or a Netflix or whatever to carry. Oh, the yeah, yeah. No, they 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 missed they missed it. They they went wrong on that one. But but would you know just just. For 
so like by 2020, I, I feel some some players will be available, where where the team can, with 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 the new influx of money, that they should be able to land one or two. You know, good players that could they could help push the team into in, into not only Sixth qualifying place. for the league, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but, and uh, you know, have a decent shot at winning the title. So. I mean, Marco Fabian could be one of those players. Doesn't seem like he's stuck at Frankfurt, but I don't think he's part of the team's plans. Um, yeah, I fully expect know. Marco Fabian to move uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I was hoping yeah. he would move to Pumas. Other Pumas fans Pumas. thought that I was crazy for for suggesting it, but I mean, frankly, I mean, you you know, you know, in budget that they could pay for. That plays as well as Marco Fabio. Yeah. That could help Pumas instantly. That would exactly. instantly help Pumas. So I think that that's like one of the players, uh, you know. But there, there will be others. Um, that that um, the other one was um, the defender from from Monterrey. Um, so um, Montes. Huh? Cesar Montes. Yes, Cesar, Cesar Montes. Montes. He wanted to. He wanted to join Chivas, so that's a good sign. Uh, we've got to wait and see how if he's still in the plans. You know. Did, did he? Did he fully recover from his from his uh, from his injury? Oh, did, did he? Did he? Did he fully wake up from the anesthesia that he wants to play for Chivas? Sir. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But that would be a big capture. I mean, you get those two players and. And they automatically elevate elevate the team. Uh, so who knows? They still have they still have a year. They still have a year for that. Uh, a lot can and happen course, in that time. You know, she has, you know the trophies. You know that they that they can build around. You know, trophies. Still waiting for the trophies. La trophies to un- un- unchain themselves from the from the uh, shackles of, of mediocrity, and then prove to the world, you know why why. <laughs> Real Madrid was a, was was a, was a, was a very hesitant pass on uh, on La Chofis when when uh, Ronaldo was sold to to to, to Juventus. You know, obviously, they couldn't afford him, even with all the money that they got from the from the Ronaldo deal. They just couldn't afford they couldn't afford La Chofis. So that's where Joel. I I I am uh, actually at a gas. I have to get gas. So you have to like give me like 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 twenty thirty seconds. Twenty thirty seconds to. To, to get gas and kolaches, so I, I will. Uh, I, I will. Be, I, I will. Okay, get kolaches and gas. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Thirty I'll, seconds I'll, seems like very little time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna do it very quickly. I'm gonna do it very quickly. Okay. Right, I'll be right back. Thirty seconds. I will hold the fort for those still listening, or or anyone listening. Um. So we had we had Copa MX today. Uh. So the results was Chivas beat. I don't even know the name of that team. <laughs> uh, but they won their second straight game. And then uh, Pumas lost to Atlas and oh yeah, it was Cimarrones. Chivas, Chivas beat Cimarrones. You know, it's a little bit confusing because 
that that team's uh, mascot is it's also it's a goat. It looks more like a ram. It kept it kept confusing me. Um, Here go um, Copa MX results for today. So Lobos blew up was and they lost to Mineros, and that was that was the other match. There, those three three games for today, and then um, I'll just talk about Pumas, and uh, they seem to have um. Relapsed. They had a very good season last last year, uh, but then this year they started off with a defeat. I mean, not a defeat. They they uh, they failed to beat Veracruz at home, and uh, Veracruz's team expected to be relegated. Uh, the owner was having problems put, paying the players. It, it's just one of those teams that they they always seem to be hanging by a thread. And and it's a team that if it's like almost the three points, it's like a given three points if you're hosting them. But what what makes them what was was made them um, interesting is is their coach. So they managed to lure in Siboldi, uh, and Siboldi is the guy that he led Santos to a league title. And not only did he lead Santos to a title, he pretty much tactically. Tactically outplayed all the teams that that they they, they faced during Liguilla. So I mean, Siboldi is is someone to look after. He's he's upcoming coach, and he's he's already proving um he's proving to to be the real deal, man. I I I think if he he should land one of the one of the top Mexico teams or or even. Even end up abroad. He's he's that. I, I think he's he's promising to be that good. Um, it seems like John is back. Okay, I'm back. Hold. Did you uh? Yes. Did you share any, any any deep dark secrets with, with our did. audience while that was going? I was talking Damn, about I was talking about uh, Pumas how they seem to have relapsed because they tied they tied with a Cruz at home, which is a team that you one would assume the three points. You know, it's it's they the, did, the, but they, they got a great performance by their young goalkeeper, who a lot of people are now saying is going to be a, a future superstar. Oh, nice! Yeah. yeah, so yes, yes, it was, it was, it was a difficult, uh, a difficult draw to swallow. They did have a goal disallowed by the video review, but uh, but the star of that show was the uh, the young uh, the young Tibo uh, keeper who uh, who uh, did, uh, did 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 perform very nicely in that game, and it was the star of the show, frankly. So uh, it, was, it, yeah. was, it was it was it was disappointing. I I don't think Pumas. I mean, they're certainly not going to get 30 points like they did uh, 
in, in the last season. I think, I think if, if, if Pumas can make it to 22, 23 points, that'll be a good season. For, I mean, I hate to say this. this that'll be a good season for them uh, as long as they avoid uh, seasons in the, uh, you know, in, in with the totals in the, in, in the teens, then that should be good. If they make the league, yeah, it'll be a pleasant surprise because I, I just don't think that Pumas has the – they don't have the horses – to be able to compete, um, at least in the second in the second half of the season, with uh, with the rest of the league, I make you. So we'll see what happens. But I, I just I am not expecting big things from Pumas this time around. And, you know they they play a very predictable style, and it's a very direct style. So it's it, it, it's not anything. They don't have anybody on that team that the other team you know quakes in their boots thinking about. So. You know, hopefully I'm wrong, but I just don't see Pumas. Uh, I, I think Pumas is going to be one of the kind of like Chivas was last year, where, you know, every like in the last couple of weeks, everything has to go right for them in order to qualify for the Liga. You know, depending on other results, and I just don't think that those results are going to happen. Yeah, I, it's not. Um, but you know, and I was I was mentioning the the thing about. About um, Veracruz is that they managed to land Robert Dante Siboldi. Yes, and and he is proving to be one of the best coaches in Liga MX. So yeah, I mentioned how when he led Santos to the league championship, he pretty much out coached every team that he that he faced, which um, was pretty impressive. Um, Given it's it's pretty much his first, you know, he's just started starting and 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 to get their result with a team like Veracruz, uh, you know, with this lacking funds, the team seems to be hanging by a thread. I, I think it, it to me it speaks highly of of his capacity. So I I could see him ending up in a bigger Liga MX team, or 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 even going abroad. No, he had a really good, uh, like you said, a good campaign with Santos. Was fired unceremoniously after a, a locker room altercation. Remember, so and, and he was the one that uh, they ended up letting go, and he never, you know, you know, we'll never hear. You know, I always say the players say, "Un día todos sabrán la verdad." No one's ever going to know what really happened. But after this, after this altercation, he was the one that ended up being. Let go. So you think that after something like that, that he would be not blackballed, but you know people would be hesitant to hire him again as a head coach. Obviously, Veracruz, uh, they're in a dire situation because they're uh, they're porcentaje just frankly doesn't look good. But the reality is, is that we don't know what's going on with the promotion relegation because if a team that doesn't uh, Have the 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 prerequisites to even play in Liga Mekis, but Veracruz stays up, provided that they pay whatever it is that they have to pay to the team that wins the ascenso. As long as they don't have the uh, the prerequisite needs to uh, the basic. Requirements in order for them to play in first division. 
but yeah. he is a very good coach. Yeah, he might not save them, but I, I see him, like, overall, he's going to have them overperforming and just complicate things for a lot of teams. Uh, so I could see him doing that, which I hope it does. It shouldn't tarnish his record, you know, just because people know what he what he's dealing with. Um, no, right that there, one of those teams, Joel, that you know they should do better. I mean, I know that they have a really questionable front office, where you know you have to wonder about the decisions that they make. But you know they have a really great fan base. The, the stadium is almost always, you know, pretty packed. It is hotter than hell in Veracruz and in extremely humid. So you would think that when you have, when you have that a combination of those tangibles, they would have one hell of a good home field advantage. But unfortunately for Veracruz, it doesn't seem to work out that way. You know, for for reasons for other extra cancha reasons that that we all know about, with, at least with the ownership situation. So, definitely, definitely a team to keep an eye on. Veracruz, and, and really, the only way that they save themselves, aside from the crazy, whatever it is that Liga Mekis is doing about promotion relegation, is if Lobos Wap just has an absolutely horrific, which frankly could very could very well happen. Yeah, they just but I, go in the tank. I but I think they have someone like like um La Puente. He's he's part of the uh he's like a general manager and he's an old wolf, you know? Right. When it comes to League IMX and and they did they did get a result this week, if I'm not mistaken. They beat Santos. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I think Santos' stock could be going down. Uh, they've just been selling and selling. It's about to catch up to them, you know, selling off so much talent. Uh, so, I think Santos' stock is is going down and uh, Chivas' stock going up. Uh, but, but the relegation, you know, we haven't talked about about the relegation battle. Well, like I said, I mean, Veracruz is—they're so far down. I mean, the the closest team to them is, is Lobos Bop. And Lobos Bop, you know, every time they win or lose, their their multiplier is different than Veracruz. So if if, if Lobos, I mean, Lobos Bop would have to. Okay, I, I have a young here. Uh, Veracruz is in 18th place. Uh. Puebla is 17th, Querétaro 16. Yeah, but how many Ad- points difference between Ad- Puebla and Veracruz? Between Puebla and Veracruz? Yeah. Uh, 20. Exactly. Yeah. That's half the season. Snap. Yeah, and, and uh, so Veracruz, Puebla, Querétaro, Atlas, and then Lobos. And yeah. Lobos is in 14th. So, I think that was very smart getting, bringing in, uh, the Winston Wolf there, La Puente. And then, um, 
So yeah, it looks like it's going to be between... Wow. Quite quite the uphill battle for Mr. Siboldi. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be next to impossible. But, like I said, you know, we don't necessarily... I mean, we, we keep hearing rumors that, that promotion relegation is being suspended for two years. And they're saying that there might be 19 teams in the big MX. Who knows what's going to happen? They haven't really made it... You know, they haven't really made it clear as far as how, how it's going to play out. So you, maybe that's what Veracruz is counting on. That regardless of how they do, they're still going to be in Liga MX. So they're planning for the future by getting this to Worldly guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... They did say that they did. They did talk about suspending the the relegation, and then and then they haven't really much talked about it. Yeah, I mean, they want they want twenty teams. That would make sense, you know. I I would. I would be all for that, just because that means more Mexican talent on the field. And uh, I feel there are some some venues capable and, and teams capable of, of building competitive teams. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it would be nice. I mean, I know that there are teams that Liga Mekis would absolutely love to be the two teams that uh, that the. the that, that fill out the, uh, the the 20 team roster. You know, I mean, uh, Atletico San Luis, whom, if I'm not mistaken, already won the uh, Apertura. So they're already in the uh, Ascenso final. They'd love and they love to have. So out of, out of those three. Yeah, I lost you there, Jorn. I was saying that this excuse me, I'm, I'm chowing down on a kolache. Oh. <laughs> Big Imeki's uh, wants to expand to 20 teams, but I'm, I guarantee you that, that they're, they're, they're targeting a handful of teams to fill out the to fill out the roster. They would, would be thrilled to have them. They already won the Ascenso in the Apertura, so they're in the final Ascenso. So they're going to play for a chance to make promotion. The other team that they would love to have back is, of course, UDG, just because they have such a huge fan base in Guadalajara. And then, in my opinion, the third one will get Atlanta, just because of the tradition that they have, and because Cancun, and I don't know how many times I have to say it, Cancun is incredibly important to Mexico in the future, believe. Yeah, it's a good venue that, that I think hasn't been exploited. There's no reason why Cancun can't put a you know, a 30, 35,000 seat stadium very close to the Zona Hotelera. 
and make it like a destination game for other for other teams fans too. I mean, how cool would that be, Juan? Juan, given the chance to go see Chivas, would you rather go see Chivas in Chiapas or in Cancun? One, uh, well, yeah, I think Cancun. It seems the more attractive venue. Um, Chiapas, I guess, if you know where you're going in in Oaxaca, but I think overall, it's it's not that far from Mexico City. I think that's that's one of the things that makes it such a great venue, you know. Uh just the road the road game. You could have right. a lot of fans, you know, all the Mexico City fans of, of teams like like um you know, Pumas, Cruz Azul, America all making trips going into Cancun for for you know, like a weekend match. Exactly. And you play the game at you know, it's seven o'clock on Saturday night. So you go see your team play, and then you can go to the disco afterwards, and then take care of your hangover the next day on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know a lot of these guys they organize. You know they have like a bus, and they, they everybody right. pays and and they, they do the road trip on the bus. You don't need to go in your car. Um, but yeah, that that's that's some of the stuff that makes some of these rivalries. Uh, you know, some of these matchups so good that you know you're, the closeness of it, and, and that you're able to to go and and have this atmosphere in the stadium. So I think a lot of times it's lacking. You know, you, right? You I mean, get, that, you know that, that's why when we had uh, when we had Tom Marshall on the show, you know, he is he, he cannot understand how a city the size of Mexico City only has three clubs, and all three of them are within, what, four miles of each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and those are the only ones with, like, the big volumes. But, uh, you know, that's why a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, I feel that's why there's not that much bigger rivalries with, within uh, Liga MX. Uh, a lot of times when you see the fans, the rival fans, they're from the same city. They didn't right. exactly travel there. Like when you see all the Americanistas at the Zombie Life, they're from Guadalajara. They not that many came from from the F. Right. You, you, and and well, I mean, vice versa. Is that no Chilango would be caught dead in Guadalajara. Let's be honest. <laughs> and and also vice versa. You know, uh, just that doesn't happen as much. You don't you don't see it as much as in like. I'll say like in England and Argentina where, where it's a big thing to to go to the away game, you know, especially for the for for the um for, uh, for the porra, for the for the right. for the ultra, for the group that that goes and and, and a lot of times the, the team would pay for 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 the porra to you know, they would they would pay their, their trip. Now, now, one team that does travel well like that is Tigres. Uh, you know, they've they've had caravans. I mean, I remember they've, they've had they've had stadium invasions. Uh, you know, recently when Chivas was playing poorly, I know you're going to say which time, but you know they would go and invade the the zombie life, and they'd have you know five six guys. And people coming from from Monterrey because 
you know, as we all know, there's no Tigres fans outside of Monterrey. So they're not going to pop up in Guadalajara like they do American fans. Or Pumas fans, etc. But uh, but it, it, it does happen, although 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 rare rare as it is. And uh, Joel, our, our 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 pick last year to win it all, Cruz Azul started off slowly. Uh, they tied uh, Puebla one one. But I do think that at the end of the day, Musasul will be one of the teams that is competing for the championship. And and, and the uh, defending champions, America, for whatever reason, they didn't get to play their they didn't play their game against Nakaxa. Uh, Liga Mekis wanted to go soft on them because for whatever reason they just didn't play. Yeah, they they they, they brought in uh, four national national team caliber players. Cruz Azul, you know, and and their their talking point was solutions. That's that was what Pelaya said. He said he wanted he wanted Caixinha to have you know a bench where what type of players that they could resolve uh, some of the games, and and I, I do think these guys are gonna work out. I think in the long run, uh, Cruz Azul will make the league, and and they will be candidates once again. I mean, they they did lose to America, but it wasn't that bad, you know. They, I think, I think um, Piojo Piojo got the best of Caixinha because cause that one first match was pretty even. I think Axinha got it wrong in in the second game, and, and well, what ended up happening was that Cruz Azul didn't put their chances in, and America did. I mean, that's that, that's what yeah. it all boiled down to. Yeah, but 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 you know, some of the attitude in the players uh, for me, you you could just tell that America wanted it more. You know, um, it's true. I mean, and then and even in that second leg, uh, you know, once America got the goal. Uh, Cruz Azul just could not. I mean, they they they, they couldn't even you know get a get a, an attempt on goal, much less you know much less a goal. So it was. Uh, I mean, America definitely. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll play them and I'll coach them from the minute they got the goal, and then the second goal after that was going to be academic that we're going to get. And we was able to get both of them. As, as he is well on his way to uh, becoming another uh, another Capitan Furia for uh, for Cuba America, or, you know it's funny people always want to trash him for the the, the performance that he had in the World Cup. But I mean, dude was what twenty years old, and he played how many games in the World Cup? And you know, ninety percent of the time that he played, he played really well. He had he had a couple of mistakes that happens. But you know the future is definitely very bright still for, for him. And, uh, you know he's another one that if he does end up moving to Europe, you know don't go to you know the Liga Jupiler. Go you know go to La Liga and uh, do well, do well there. But well, big news uh, this week, yesterday. What what is the big news? Well, we had all we had all. Uh, 
figured it would happen. Uh, nothing was ever made official until yesterday, but uh, Gerardo Tata Martino, Argentine, former coach of Paraguay, former coach of Barcelona, is now taking on the biggest challenge of his life by and having to deal with the Mexican press. No. But he's, he's, he was named the, the Mexican national team coach. Uh, another, another, uh, you know, very decent, very plumb job for for Tata Martino. A job where the pressure to perform, by the very nature of the region in which Mexico plays, is going to be very, very, very uh, high. However, I will say this, and I do believe that the fact that he is from Argentina gives him a little more leeway and flexibility in as far as getting certain results. So his his leash will be a lot longer than it would be for, for other coaches. And if they do give him the option of, of coaching beyond 2022, which I believe they have, and if, if by some miracle he stays on uh, through 2022, then uh, it, it will have turned out to be a very good hire for Mexico. Now, I don't think that there's uh, one coach or another that can like, transform Mexico overnight Blah, 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 blah. The task at hand for Tata Martino is to find the next group of young players and find them quickly in order for Mexico to compete in the upcoming World Cup qualifiers and then the 2022 World Cup and the 2026 World Cup. So... That, that, that is what is what is ahead of him. Uh, we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah, Mexico does have a good group of young players, but the group of young players that they have are not playing in Europe. They're playing in Mexico. So well, I think we're gonna we're gonna see the the next base of Mexico's World Cup team is not going to be based in Europe like the like the team was in 2014-2018. It's going to be a team that's going to be based in, in Liga MX, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I'm not sure why, but Liga Mekis, even among Mexicans, seems to not rate very highly. And frankly, I think that that judgment is misplaced. I'm not saying that Mexico is the, is the Premier League, but Mexico is a lot better than 80% of the European leagues, and there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I, I think um, I think as far as finding finding these new players, I think that's part of what like Tuca was doing. So I, I would expect to see more of the same like group that had been called up. Um, but but I, I still think he's inheriting a fairly young squad. I mean, there's still a lot of players that are. are uh, you know, one 
have one one World Cup left in them. Well, I mean, let's let's look at that. So, you know, of, you know, of, of the players that are playing in Europe right now, you know, that we're looking at uh, players that could potentially play in, 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 in Qatar. I think we're looking at Raúl Jiménez, who is having just a, an outstanding season at Wolves, and, and and proving to the world that, that he can not only can he play, he can hang, and, and he's and he he's not just. You know, he's not just scoring against Scunthorpe United. I mean, this dude's hanging goals on the big boys. He scored against Chelsea. He scored against Liverpool in the FA Cup just this just yesterday, as a matter of fact. And a great goal, you know, you know to it. It's not like he's just, uh, you know, getting in the way of the ball and then bouncing off him and going in. He's, he's, he's playing really well, and he, he, he is a playmaker. He's a goal scorer. He is someone that, can, that knows how to hold the ball. He, he is becoming a, an all-around excellent striker. He's going to make himself a lot of money after this season. So we have Raul, we have Chucky, who, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, will probably be moving on from Einhoven. And the guy Einhoven's going to, going to, going to make, make a good chunk of money on him. And we have, and we have Jesus Corona, who, again, has moved, by the way, moved the wing back oil, not, not playing forward. But 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 playing the Miguel Ayun role for for uh, for Porto and doing very well. So those are the, uh, the, the those are the three players. See, and there it is, three players. So three players playing in Europe, uh, relatively. Oh, and Carlos Alcantara. He broke up. So right four outfielders. So. Four outfielders. Well, so there's four outfield players that are playing in Europe. The reality European-based like it has been in the past, and that and that's the biggest task facing Tata Martino. Is finding those gaps. You know who's going to be who's going to be in his midfield. Who's going to pair with Salcedo? Who are going to be his wingbacks? Who's going to be? You know, is Ochoa still going to be the keeper? There's he he, he has. You know, this isn't just uh, you know this isn't what Bioko walked into, or even Osorio, where the team was already done. You know, Osorio really didn't. You know, out, out of maybe who Gallardo. Who did Osorio bring on that, that that didn't already play or hadn't already played on the national team? Nobody. His team was already made. He knew what players he was going to bring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that I, one had that luxury. No, but but I I don't think I'm looking at the region. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that difficult, you know. Um. Uh, and then there's there's still uh, you have a team like Panama that is much older. I expect Panama to be stock to drop. Um, I think Canada is, is going to be a bit more competitive, but not to that point where the, where you know Mexico has anything to worry about. Same with US. I expect them to be 
more competitive, but but this, they're still a very young team. Uh, some of their more iconic players, like um, Dempsey and Bradley, they're pretty much on their way out. Uh, so you know they're they're depending on 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 their new stars. Like Pulisic was still very young, you know, um, and and then Costa Rica, which is a bit of a coin toss there. Uh, they have they have um, Matosas. And I know he's going to be compared to Pinto. Uh, at least the expectations, you know, of, of and what Pinto was able to achieve with that team. And and I don't think Matosa is going to be able to live up to that. And and I, I just don't see Costa Rica right now having a team with with some of that talent that, that the other guy had. Well, you know, Matosas is going to have to go through what uh, what Martino's going to do is. Uh... You know, a generational change. I mean, Costa Rica had great success at the 2014 World Cup with 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 the best generation of players that they have ever had, and you know they won a very difficult group. They uh, got a little lucky in the round of 16. They got to play Greece, which you know they took care of business. You know, it's it's one thing to get the luck; it's another thing to it's another thing to see it through. And uh, they came very close to, to beating Holland in the. Uh, in the quarterfinals, but I think you know the reality set in for them. Well, I should say that the uh, the no, no one was going to be surprised by Costa Rica in the 2018 World Cup, and, and we saw that with their yeah, you know, the game that they absolutely had to have, which was the game against uh, the game against Serbia. They ended up losing, and uh, you know that was uh, you know that was unfortunate for them. But, you know, they're going to go through a generational change just like Mexico. You know, I, I think Honduras is a team that's going to be, uh, you know, more on the rise. Uh, you know, they're going to be, you know, trending upward, uh, like, like you said, and I agree with you. I think Panama will be trending downward. And I think Costa Rica will also be trending downward. But uh, but Panama and, and Honduras will be trending upward. So I think that if, if, uh, if it's still a 32-team tournament, for the World Cup, I would say that the, the favorites out of Concacaf to make that right now are uh, Mexico, the U.S., Canada, and Honduras. But the, and, and Costa Rica would probably make the uh, the repechaje. Actually, I'm sorry, it's it's, it's, it's two and a half teams. So yeah, so someone's gonna someone's gonna sit it out. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, you know, with, with, with um, despite generational change, I, I think I, I think that uh, still the core group of, of the Mexico, I think he's still inheriting, uh, you know, a very strong core group where he could, where he could still count on a on a, on goalkeepers like like Corona and and um, Memo Choa and and. He still has defenders like Hector Moreno, you know, Salcedo's there, Layun is still going to be there, at least going into, at least going into, um, qualifiers for, for the next two years. He still has this pretty good group that he could rely on and, and not just exactly, um, 
we say he could count on and not just rely on on youth. Right. Well, what he does so have I, is a very strong uh, spinal call. You know, you know, vertebral call because he has, as you pointed out, good goalkeeping with either Ochoa or Corona, or you know, the, the kid at uh, at Chivas or even Lahoud. <clears throat> He has a very strong central defender, Carlos Salcedo. He'll have a very strong midfielder with Edson Alvarez. And he has an, an extremely strong, very versatile forward in Raul Jimenez. You know, you know, the, those four those are the four players he's gonna he's gonna hang, build the rest of the team around. I mean Raul, Raul Jimenez, in my opinion, is 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 is, is finally showing the the, the, the is living up to the potential that, that he has shown for for five years, just, just playing phenomenally well. You know, he's not a tronco by any means at all. <clears throat> Has excellent ball control, great vision. You know, score with the right or the left or the head or you know whatever. You know, he's not just a one-trick pony, and is, is proving his metal on, on the absolute biggest stage there is in, in world soccer. And doing, and doing well, doing. and 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 he has, you know, Wolves, which you know, anytime Wolverhampton makes the Premier League, they're there for maybe a year, two at the most. And yeah, the you know, they're they're relegated. They're in like at sixth place. You know, they're battling for Europe, and it's, you know, I think that you you, you could put a huge chunk of that uh, success on 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 the shoulders of Raúl Jiménez. That's what I believe. Yeah, well, you know, and, and just, just, I'm sorry, continuing with that, I think, I, I do think he, Mexico should be favorites going into the Gold Cup. So I, I could see him, I, I could see him winning that tournament. Yeah, well, I, you know, we talked about this last week, and I do think that uh, the Gold Cup will be the generations uh, final rodeo for, for a lot of them. Uh, you know, the, the, the Giovannis and the Chicharitos and the Carlos Velas and that whole gang. I think I'll play this Gold Cup and it'll be, uh, you know, out of those three, maybe Chicharito makes it to the World Cup. You know, I have my doubts, but maybe. Do you, do you think Bella would make it? I just don't know what what position he would play. Well, I mean, he's 29. He'll be like 32, which is, I wouldn't say old. If he's in top condition, uh, you know, if he's in top condition, I could see him, I could see him being valuable assets. Uh, I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Jonathan, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos, who uh, Martina already knows from his time in Barcelona. Um, well, he's 28. So he'll be about the same. They'll be in their early 30s. So I think for them to be at the, you know, at the World Cup, they would just have to be in, in 
you know, doing really well, just, just playing at the top of their game. Right. Um, well, I don't think that uh, that they would be starters, but but they would be great. You know, they, they, they give Mexico something that they just never had at a World Cup, and that's depth. Yeah, experience. Hey, when 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 uh, Gallito to sit out for suspension against Holland, who did who did who did who was who was the the next man up for Piojo at that position? It was Carlos Alcido. And again, nothing against Carlos, but there were how many options did, did Mexico have at the defensive midfield position at that time? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. He was supposed to be um, your boy. Um, Chaton. Um, Chaton uh, Enriquez, what was it? Like, yeah, Jorge Enriquez. Yeah. And, and uh, he, he just fell from grace pretty hard, man. Um, but, yeah, you're right. In, in having, having some of these players and if they're at the top of the game and with, with just World Cup experience would, would be good. I, I don't think Guardado will make it. You know, no, he won't. He won't. He won't make the goalkeepers can just because goalkeepers. Right. So so Corona Guardado is a, is a, is a shell of his former self. So I can't even remember his last time he took a shot. I mean, it's it's been it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, but but I I see them still being uh, pretty valuable assets. Sure. I could certainly, I could certainly see that. But like I said, I think that uh, that that those guys would would would, would probably come off the bench. Uh, it's just you know because of their. I mean, I mean, they're going to have to play at an extremely high level for the next three years in order for them to, to be considered. So we'll see how that uh, how that plays out. Yeah, with, with Bella, I feel that he's the type of player that if he enjoys himself, he plays at his best. And I think just because how comfortable he is at LAFC, uh, I could see him maintaining that. He has played very well. You know, so, so, so I just hope he, he keeps his motivation because that's, sometimes that's the more difficult, you know, the motivation. And for Vela, he, he might not just care, you know, he's, he's done it all already. He's, that's, that's been like the disappointment of a lot of the fans that he never seemed to be motivated to want to want to do more uh, and and you know Mexico fans have expected more from him just because they know of, of the type of talent he has and what he's capable of doing right yeah it's just it's such a it's such a kick <laughs> in the nuts to, to, to Mexico <laughs> Yeah. You have a guy like that, you know, playing at, at his very best. And because of some stupid snit that the Femex Foop had with him and he had with Femex Foop that he wasn't able to, to, to play it or they, he didn't rather play at the World Cup in Brazil, which just to this day is just like, really? But you're right, though. I mean, you know, you know maybe he didn't want to, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. And it's just such a, you know, you, you I mean, you look at that team and go, man, if they had, I don't want to ever want to play, you know, what it could have, should have. But there's no doubt in my mind that a player like Carlos Vela would have been able to, you know, resolve games like like a Holland game and then a quarterfinal and a subsequent 
Uh, semi, you know, just you know, they, they could have gone a long way with him. I think. Yeah, yeah, as well as he was playing that season, he was the he was the first player in the La Liga that year. Yeah, he was. He definitely was. Um, yeah, he just he just didn't like. You know, he he just never really cared too much for the pressure of of playing in big teams. You know, he's he's he always just seemed like well, he only pressure. played soccer because he's because of how talented he is. <laughs> he's like oh, given a choice, you would have probably chosen some other sport. Right. Yeah, it's just. Uh, well, you're. Get the Have. I have to head to work, man. Trabajar, se dicho. Um, but what is it today, man? We're heading into Wednesday. Yes, it's already Wednesday where I am. Pretty soon, match week two of Liga MX uh, and Chivas goes up against Cruz Azul. And I think that's going to be a little better indicator of where Chivas is uh, with a match like that. I'm going to tell the Chi hermanos, don't worry if there's a, you know, a fracaso right there just because Cruz Azul is a stronger team. Uh, so don't, don't lose motivation. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, the season is young. Just, just worry about, about how the team does against the rivals that, that they can beat, you know, like the Lobos and the Veracruces. If they can't beat those, then yeah, we have no business in Liguilla. I mean, that's how, that's how Pumas made it into Liguilla last time. Yeah. Just, they beat the teams to, they were supposed to. Yeah. You got a handful of results against the teams that, you know, the the outcome of victory was definitely in doubt. You know. Yes, sir. So if it's definitely like you said, all you all you need is twenty six points. Twenty six, yeah, that's the that's the magic number. And um, who who does Pumas face, uh, Yon? Uh, the uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it might. It might no, it's not going to be Atlas. I mean, can't remember who it is. But, uh, yeah, Pumas. Uh, I, I just don't see that. I just don't think Pumas is going to amount to much this year, unfortunately. It makes Liga Mekis much, much less interesting for me to watch when Pumas... And I have to admit, one of my, one of my, my, my secret joys is when in our, in our, in our private chitter twat uh, chat group that we have. Yes. On, on Sunday, on Sunday afternoon, after a Pumas win, when I just say Pumas with two <laughs> exclamation points, I don't have to, I don't have to say anything else. It's uh, I just don't think I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the. Type that out as much as coming. Oh man! Well, it's Nekaxa, Yon Nekaxa. You guys will be. You guys will be visiting Nekaxa, and I think that that too. Pumas soils themselves when they play in Aguascalientes. Not a good venue for that. Oh man! Okay, well that that should be 
that should tell us a little bit more if if Pumas went into remission or if there it was just a slip up. Um, well, hopefully it'll be just know, a slip up. It was just a slip up and they'll have a chance to get back yes. on track. And uh, yes. America, the defending champions, their match was postponed. Uh, so yes, postponed. But but we didn't. Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk much about America, but we the past shows we've we filled them with praise. I think we've uh, talked enough about America. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't think there's think much to be said. Have you ever seen that, that scene in Silkwood where she gets contaminated and they're like, hose her off, you know? No. That's what we have to do every every episode after we, we get praise to a medic. We all have to we all have to hose our just hose off and go into the decontamination room. Good and get, get it all off of yeah. us. Yeah, no, but 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 yeah, in all seriousness, they are they are I think they are also candidates. A lot of people can see them. Winning back-to-back titles, and yeah, I went in. I would say that's very possible. Um, well, yeah, so if you're if you're if you give your kid tells you, "Oye, papi, oh, man. le voy a la América, le voy a la América." I mean, I mean, what is your first your first reaction? Fuchi, no, fuchi, fuchi, no. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one, man. I don't. I would probably fail. I, I, I failed him as a parent. I would say. <laughs> I don't know. That would be tough. That would be tough. That would, that would that would be a hard. Yeah, boy, that is. You know what you'd have to do, buddy? You'd have to just drive him to the uh, to your former neighbor. Just drop him off and go. Aquí está. There he is with the yeah, your former neighbor that had the uh, Club America logo. You know, the, the, the house could, could have been falling apart more, but the curb, <laughs> the curb, the curbside thing had a Club that America left, logo. That left quite the impression on you, Yon. Uh, well, it just cracked me up. Okay? <laughs> like this house is completely falling apart, but damn it, if this curb then looked good with that Club America. Yeah, for those that don't know. Um, uh, Yon was in LA. We were gonna go watch a selection game, um, at the Coliseum. And, and he, and he, uh, he came to pick me up. And, and my neighbor, I live uh, around the block from my house. He has, um, he's a big America fan. And he has in his front porch the America flag. He has it hanging. And in the in the where, where the people paint their house address, it's just they had the whole America, the logo and the colors. Yeah, it's big Americanista fan that guy. And there's another one around there, and he has like a truck that he collects scrap metal with, and the whole truck yeah. is painted, is painted like like America. Yeah. The whole the whole truck. I haven't seen it. I, so I kind of regret not taking the picture. Is it just painted in America colors, or is he using the pattern of, of, of what I hate no, to the, say? 
is, is one of the one of the greatest soccer shirts in history. Yeah. And they have like the blue with the yellow and the blue and the yellow. Blue. Yes. That would be badass. That's no, the, that's it how is. That's destruction. Yeah, it has the pattern of one of the jerseys. It has. <laughs> and the logo. I don't know if it's in the door or in the front of the hood, but I, I, if I see it, I'll, I'll take a picture. I regret not taking a picture when I had the chance. You know, the, the fact that they don't use that uniform more, frankly, shocks me. Because, because when, when I think of the America that I truly despise and hate, like like America had its, had its heyday, was when they wore that uniform. And they don't wear it anymore. It's like, how can you not wear that uniform anymore? It was like, it's so emblematic of, 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 of who they are and, and what, as fans of other teams, just, just grew to just really despise them. It was when they wore that goofy-ass uniform. But it, I mean, it's a, it's iconic work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah, remember when my member was with him, and he kind of came and his 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 uh, his uh, goalie jersey was 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 done in that in that pattern. I know uh, I can't. Not the colors, but the, you know, the pattern. I'm just saying I can't. It was cold. Great. It looked great. Well. It's like it's like it's like it's like Jesus Corona. I think has earned a Cruz Azul the right to wear a Miguel Marin sweater. But I think that it's kind of like you know the the fifty eight at Santos. If you're good enough to wear fifty eight, then here you go. If you're good enough well, to wear Marin sweater, here you go. No, but the the fifty eight, and I know Borghetti made it, but the fifty eight was because because even Benjamin Galindo wore fifty eight. And that was oh, a, yeah. a it was a radio station. Yeah, it was a radio station, and they yeah, would. I forgot, but it's a Mexican radio station, and that was their. It was cincuenta and they would. That's how they would promote. It was a kind of a smart way to promote, you know, to to oh, get yeah. on to get on the team, and and promote it without paying. You know, they would just pay the player. And so a lot of the teams would have a number 58. Uh, they would have a number 58 in the team. And I remember for a while, um, I think it was Benja, they would wear the 58 in Chivas. But a couple of teams would have it. But that was a radio station promotion. Well, how uh, did, did make yeah. that 58 very... He, he made it his own. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did, uh... Yeah, I I think a lot of teams ended up cracking cracking down on that, you know. Like, yeah, we're not gonna let you do that no more. <laughs> so it stopped. Either that or the station just went off air. Bueno, John, I have to sign off right here. All right, Joel. Well, it was good to have you on. It was good to have everybody on. Yeah. Here on the Cantina Mexico podcast. I, uh, for those of you that were on the chat, I would have loved to have chatted with you, but since I'm driving, I figured y'all wanted to keep my eyes on the road, which is what we did here in the Cantina Mexico podcast. But, uh, Juan Aceves, Val, very, very glad that you were able to join me here on my, on my drive back home. I apologize for interrupting the middle of our show so I can get some, uh, some delicious <laughs> and nutritious Always kolaches. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and you know, shame, shame on on Chickies for for, for 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 trashing my kolaches. Oh, so, you know, 
We're trying to get sponsors, Cheeky. That's, that's not how you get a sponsor. Yeah, it's a bad job, Cheeky. <laughs> you know, just want to know that, that, that the opinions of Cheeky's do not necessarily reflect the opinions of us or this podcast. <laughs> well, Joel, uh, have, a, have a good week. Have a good rest of your week. And uh, we'll thank you, uh, talk to you uh, next time. Yeah. You. And thank you, audience, for listening here on the Cantina Method podcast, our little, our little late night drive by gentleman's agreement version of the Cantina Method podcast. Always uh, good to have you guys listen to us. Again, you can listen to us live, uh, usually on Thursday nights, occasionally with minutes notice, like we did tonight here on Tuesday. Or you can uh, download us uh, from iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes and also on Google Play. And this will be automatically downloaded onto your device of your choice. So we do appreciate your patience. Again, my name is John Jagoop. We will talk to you again. Uh, very soon, rest of your week. We will talk to you later. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Good night, John. Hang on. Hang on.